Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. Well, today is August 23rd and it's sore morning. We've had uh, a great week and a half of activities. Last night into, this, into today, we've had uh, a great time out of Messiah's Ranch for sore. It looked different, was a little bit different uh, given our current circumstances, but we had the largest number of freshmen sign up um, since I've been here. And so we're so thankful for that. It's been a blessing to get to know all this new crop of students. We have a cookout later this afternoon here at the building for all of the students. And I want that to be uh, mostly a shout out to any students who showed up this morning who might be looking maybe online or maybe parents who want to get in touch with your child or if they want them to be involved with AFC. Um, it's here at the building, but with all things AFC, our best way to get information out and the clearest way to get it is always on social media. We are constantly updating that with our weekly activities and just announcements, even just words of encouragement and pictures of what's going on. So just want you to know how to stay connected and that's the best way. So this is the third week that I've done this online sermon. Uh, the first week we dealt with faith and we talked a little bit about Moses. Last week we dealt with hope and we talked about Abraham and Joseph. You might see a little bit of pattern. You might be able to predict where we're going this morning. I read a story in a book by Jim McGuigan and I want to relay that story to you. He tells this story about uh, a man who's on Skid Row. He's an alcoholic. And he tells his friends, his fellow alcoholics, about his past and he's proud of it. He talks about being a successful businessman, wealthy and respected. Well, his buddies doubt it. And they make fun of him, constantly sort of teasing him, doubting his story, thinking this is all really suspect. You're just trying to show off and talk about your previous life. One day they're walking and he's going on again about his past great um, life when everything was going wonderfully well. And his buddies are listening in and they are doubting again, making fun of him, thinking this is all just all ruse. And he sees this man, a successful businessman across the street, and makes the claim that he knows him from his previous life. Well, his buddies sort of take him up on this claim and doubt it and question it and even encourage him and coax him. Well, if you know him so well, why don't you go see him? Go say hi. Well, sort of in this caught position, <clears throat> he has to sort of just save face. He runs up to this businessman and I wrote down what he said because I wanted to remember it exactly. He goes up to this man running. He says, please, mister, I'm sorry to bother you. I don't want any money, but please, will you pretend you know me? Well, the businessman, sort of looking over across the street, seeing his sort of huddle of buddies, picks up on what's going on. 
and out of just sort of mercy and a sense of rescue, gives out this big holler, slaps him on the back, gets him in this big embrace and said, I've missed you. Where have you been? How's it going? Then takes him down the street, gets him a haircut, gets him in a new suit, gives him a little money in his pocket, and then he goes his way and the alcoholic goes back his way. I like this story because of the rescue nature. And this man had the eyes and the heart to see the situation and be merciful. It made me think about Jesus. You know, he was never ashamed to be seen with anybody. Jesus typically had everybody who liked him. Everybody liked Jesus and he liked everybody. He even liked people that we might find it easily to be ashamed by and ashamed of. And people who were nothing like Jesus liked him. And there is a similar story I want you to read with me in the book of Mark. So in Mark chapter five, verses one through 20, we're gonna have them on the screen. We're gonna see another story, read another story about someone who ran up to Jesus, similarly maybe in this, the previous story where the alcoholic ran up to this businessman. We need to see Jesus's response. Mark five, one through 20. <clears throat> They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerizines. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you to do with me, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. This is just a, just, if you could get a movie reel, you'd like to be able to watch this play out. And they begged him saying, send us into the pigs and let us enter him. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And he, uh, and the herd numbering about 2000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned, uh, drowned in the sea. I know <clears throat> that dealing with people who are not like us 
who are troubled and broken and weak, those are complex sometimes relationships and are always super simple. I also know that simple acts of compassion, like the man with the alcoholic, the businessman, and uh, some maybe situations we've been in when we've dealt with people who are not like us, those simple acts of compassion, they don't necessarily make a huge difference in our whole society or culture. I know that sometimes we can be too simplistic or maybe we are tempted to be complicated might be a better way to say it when it comes to how we deal with people who are in poverty and pain and addicted. It's easy and it's been easy for me to convince myself not to reach out and be crazy with compassion. Sometimes I can be super wise and can be critical, critically appraising of the very pros and cons of giving people money or helping them out get a haircut or, um, or, or just to be compassionate. But what I don't want to see in myself is to be so clinical and so somewhat sterile in my assessment of the condition of others. You get almost too methodical. I want to be crazy with compassion. We're made in the image of God. And so as his disciples, we should be instruments of compassion. I know in conversations we can get into the complexity, like I um, mentioned a few minutes ago, the complexity of, of, of compassion in all its forms and how do you help people grow and get out of bad situations. I know all those issues. I've thought through them multiple times, but I know that I want to be like Jesus when it comes to people who are not like me, because that's what he was like. I have a, a quote I wanna show you, my favorite book. I've gifted it many times. I think it's out of print. People who've lived in this community for a while, you remember Manor East Mall? It's now where Marshall's is, and that's an H-E-B. Well, there was a mall there back in the day. And there used to be in the sort of center of that mall, a Friends of the Library cell. And I don't know if it happens, I don't know, quarterly, monthly, I'm not sure. And Leslie and I, in our young married days, would go to the Friends of the Library cell. Or maybe we were half price books when it was down on Texas Avenue in that little store that had no parking much. And whenever I would see a copy of the book, A Touch of Wonder by Arthur Gordon, I would grab it. In fact, I have about three copies in my office now on the shelves, hardback and softback. I would buy them, scoop them up. You know, they're 50 cents a dollar, whatever, used book. Because I love the stories and I've given that book away multiple times. There is an inscription at the very last page of that book. I can't figure out who it's attributed to. Arthur Gordon attributes his being introduced to it by looking at a gravestone. The original quote, uh, I've seen it, I looked and you can't track it down perfectly well. It doesn't matter where it originated. The quote is this, 
There is a, not enough darkness in the world to put out the light of one small candle. When I was thinking about love and compassion, the verse I chose for today is one that sometimes, um, well, let's look at the verse. First Thessalonians 3.12. May the Lord make your love increase and over, overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. What a prayer. What a prayer for ourselves and for each other, that our love would overflow for everybody we see. I've been a part of a few wedding ceremonies. I have one coming up. Um, I actually got to be the father of the bride this past Sunday. And contrary to all of the uh, predictions, I held it together during the ceremony pretty well. Earlier, I wasn't so okay, but during the ceremony, it was good. <clears throat> I've been thinking about this concept of love in regard to us as God's people. You know, a description of love for, from God's perspective or his, you know, just overflowing love for us, you could easily say that love is the best thing that God does. Love is the best thing that we do. That's maybe why there's faith and hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. So my hope for you is, and for me, is that this week, wouldn't it be great if somebody ran up to me and said, Mister, can you help me? I used to think, and this is from my dad, when he was preaching one time, he uh, said this offhand comment about how he would love it. It never came to fruition. It was maybe just a passing thought. If he were alive and I, if I asked him about it, he may go, yeah, I don't even remember saying that. But he would love it if we could at the church put a huge sign that just said, need help? Question mark. Ask us. May this week bring you and me opportunities to show mercy, compassion, and rescue someone who just needs to be seen. And may it never be said of us that we are ashamed to be seen with anyone.